My name is Ronika Jacobs and you found my podcast, Drive For More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. My next guest, Braca Getz, is striving for more as well as helping other people strive for more by writing children's books that deal with sensitive topics. She is a graduate of Harvard and has written over 30 children's books. She was the former director of the Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters program of Jewish Community Centers in Baltimore. In this episode, she will discuss writing children's books and how she recovered from a food addiction. Hi, Bracca. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you? Wonderful. Really happy to be here. Thank you. That is fabulous. I can tell you that Big Brothers Big Sisters is such a great program. Uh, my mother at one point was a director, executive director of Big Brothers Big Sisters, and I actually was an education initiative coordinator for a Big Brothers Big Sisters program here in Texas. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, so I have quite a connection with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Great program, great mentoring program. Yes, it is. Okay, so... From time to time, people find themselves addicted to something. Not everyone, but some people. And, of course, each addiction is different, and how they arrive at the addiction is different. But my understanding is that you were addicted to food. How did you discover right. that you were – how did you discover that you had a food addiction? Um, well – the understanding that I have about addictions is is when um, it's it makes your life unmanageable, and um, you know for whatever drug of choice a person has, whether it's you know an actual drug or or alcohol or food or shopping or a sex addiction, whatever it is, it 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 makes when your life becomes unmanageable, a person has an addiction. And I think that my life became unmanageable. So that's why I, I say that I had an addiction at that time. Yeah. I think it, like, absorbs, like, so much of your energy in life. And your thoughts and your energy are directed around that. That's, that's an addiction. <laughs> no, so true. And it's amazing to think that you could be addicted to food because that's something that, like, drugs or sex or shopping, those are all things that you don't necessarily need, right? They're, they're desires, they're wants, but 
but food is something that we need. And to think about that you could be addicted, that could be something that could become negative for us because it provides our energy. <laughs> but to think that yes. you could love enjoy food so much that it takes over your life. Yes, it's a great point, and that's probably why it's the most common addiction there is, because everybody needs it. Like, there's no way to avoid it. Like, where you can avoid drugs or alcohol, but you cannot avoid eating if you're going to live. You know, so it's a particularly difficult addiction to have in that sense. Um, uh, and um, it's not like a person normally dies from a food addiction quickly, but it could be a slow death, you know what I'm saying? So um, whether it takes the form of um, anorexia, bulimia, or just or obesity, you know, any, any of those forms or other types of uh, food addictions, um, they can lead, definitely lead to death eventually, but it's a slower form than most, a lot of other more dangerous seemingly addictions. But, and, and like you said, you can't avoid eating. So that's probably why it's the most common addiction there is. Yes. So every addiction has a recovery process, right? So then what was your process like in your recovery from food addiction? Yes, it's, it's really interesting. I find, like, even today on Facebook, there was a person that posted, oh, I'm gaining so much weight during the pandemic, being home, what could I do? And people started posting all these different diets that they were into and the keto diet and this other diet. Oh, the other diet, intermittent fasting is very popular right now. And I just spoke to what helped me because it wasn't any type of diet, it was a complete change in my whole way of living that, that changed my life and freed me to have a joyful life. So I shared that with this person. Basically, my understanding of what I came to, the discovery that I made and that I wrote about in my uh, memoir is that addictions come from an inner hunger. We have an emptiness inside. And so a very a basic and even one of the most easy ways to fill that hunger within is with food because food brings an immediate temporary pleasure. Right away you get a pleasure. And if a person wants, needs more pleasure in their life, then they don't want to stop eating because they want that pleasure to keep lasting. And that's how people develop food addictions uh, through overeating. They just want that pleasure to keep lasting. But the, the point is, it's coming, it's really covering up the emptiness inside. And that emptiness, what my belief is that it's a spiritual emptiness. It's an emptiness because the part of us that's really hungry is our souls. Our souls are starving for spiritual nourishment, and if we're not getting that spiritual nourishment, then nothing ever fills us up. That's, that's the belief, and that's what I'm sharing with people, and that, that's what I shared with this person on Facebook today, and that, that's just what I feel it's such an important message to share um, because addictions are so common, and people 
So many people are not recognizing that they're spiritual beings. We look like physical beings. We're, we're spiritual beings, but we're housed in physical bodies. And if we forget that spiritual part, then there's this hunger, a hunger because our souls as well as our bodies need nourishment. And, and that's the recognition that I finally came to, and that's what helped me to be freed of the addiction. Um, just that recognition of recognizing that I needed to fill my soul, that that's the part that was genuinely hungry, and no amount of food would ever, ever fill me up and give me the fulfillment that I needed because it wasn't a physical hunger. It was a spiritual hunger. So as a parent, I know that the hardest thing to discover is that our children are struggling with an issue. And so just like there are many addictions that adult people deal with, there are addictions that children deal with. And so food addiction could be one of those issues. So what are some strategies or steps that parents can take to help their children with food addiction? You know, as an educator, the best thing is to, is to model the behavior oneself. Because if a parent is eating in a healthy way, then that's what the children see. And if they can be an example to their children, that there are so many pleasures in this world. And we, if we get fixated on just one, then we're just going to that for comfort. And we're not experiencing the full range of pleasures that exist in this world. There's an abundance of pleasure. And, um, I think what I, what I learned, the amazing thing I learned is that the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible. This is something that we just don't learn. I, I learned it from a rabbi, um, and that's what changed my life, really. Uh, when I, I was in Israel at, uh, the summer after my first year of medical school, and when I began to learn that really the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible, then I started to see, I learned about, well, one thing I'm going to, that there are five levels. This is, this is from ancient mystical wisdom. There are five levels to the soul, and there's five levels of pleasure that correspond to those five levels of the soul. And the most basic level is the physical level. At the physical level, in other words, there's a part of the soul, the lowest level of the soul attaches to the physical body. So those are the physical pleasures we get, and they elevate our soul. Like, again, like eating a good meal can make you really happy, or um, b beautiful music, dancing, um, being in nature. All these are different physical pleasures that were designed to elevate our souls. Um, like food, for instance, could have been made colorless and have no scent, but it was designed to bring us great pleasure. So there's so many colors and varieties and beautiful aromas. This is all, we're, we're really here in this world to experience the greatest pleasure possible. And as we go up the pleasure ladder, we experience more and more lasting pleasures. That's what's so fascinating because that's the problem with just on the physical level, those pleasures don't last for a long time. And the reason that people become addicted is they want the pleasure to be lasting. So they just keep going, you know, but um, if you, if you 
for reaching for higher pleasures, striving for more, as you say, it fills us with much more lasting pleasure and more fulfillment. So the next level up would be love, which doesn't mean waiting around for love. It means appreciating others and bringing love into other people's lives. And everybody can do that at any point. And there's always people, a person could always find someone lonelier than they are. And sometimes a person will overreach just because they're feeling lonely. So instead, if they, if they, reach out and call or text somebody that's lonely, they suddenly won't feel like eating in that moment. They'll be, they'll be in a, a different higher level of pleasure that they brought in. So the level above love is meaning and above doing something meaningful in this world. And above that is creativity. And the highest level of pleasure is transcendence, which is seeing, feeling, experiencing the interconnectedness of all things. That's the awesomeness of the interconnectedness. That's the highest level we can get to. And we all have the potential to experience all these levels of pleasure and um, bring much more lasting pleasure into our lives. So that's, that's how my life changed. And and when people understand this, when, when parents understand this, and when children understand this, that um, it's not, like, for instance, it's not the only way to reward a child is with a food prize, that there's so many other pleasures in this world. The more we free ourselves up to that, the less people will be fixated on just one type of pleasure, and they can experience so much more. Yes. So thank you for sharing that information. And, and understanding those five levels of pleasure and understanding that, um, that of the soul and how that can, um, it's, everything is so interconnected within our lives. One um, of the greatest joys and greatest love for me has become being a mother. And I, one of the pastimes that I share with my children is something that I love and enjoy, which is reading. Um, I have been an avid reader uh, ever since I could probably read. I mean, I think my mother said my first book was Go, Dog, Go by Dr. Seuss. It was my favorite book, and I think I was four years old. And I was able to recite the book page by page. Um, but, and so then, of course, quite naturally, my joy of reading has been passed on to my children. And now my children are readers. Uh, and then now even my youngest son at three is beginning to take an interest in reading. So you write children's books. And how did you get into writing children's books? Yes, like I, I want to share with children what I, the kind of books I wished I had as a child. I also love Dr. Seuss, and Go, Dog, Go is one of my favorites, too. And I, I try to write children's books kind of like Dr. Seuss, but with a spiritual bend to them. So I... People like compare my writing. That's the kind of writing I like to do, very simple and direct. I write about like the deepest subjects in a very simple and joyful way. And, and so um, I try to share. <clears throat> Children, um, just like, like for instance, one book is called The Invisible Book. It's about all the things that we believe in that are invisible. Like we believe in gravity and we believe in time and we believe in feelings and thoughts and even 
electromagnetism, what makes a magnet stick. So then it becomes much easier when we recognize this to believe in a soul, to believe that we're spiritual beings and that our souls are invisible. Because um, we're, we're, I'm, I'm showing children all these things that they believe in and accept that are invisible as well. And so that there could be things on another plane, on a spiritual plane that we don't see, but like gravity, time, feelings, and thoughts have a powerful effect on our lives, which our souls do. So that's like one example of how I write these really simple books, but they're on really deep topics. And um, like one book is called I Want to Be Famous. It, it's about a boy who wants to be famous. There's so many... So many children think, that's, think that it's really great to be famous. Um, so this boy becomes famous overnight through a YouTube video, and then the fame goes away really quick when they find somebody else to replace him, you know, how it goes. But then he recognizes that there's an inner spotlight that never goes away. So again, once you recognize that you're a soul, then you can shine your whole life. You don't need the outer spotlights because your whole life is shining. Once you get your soul shining, it changes everything. So these are just examples of the kind of books that I write, you know, really deep messages that I have to share with the world's children. You know, your book, like you mentioned, the invisible book, or I Lost Someone Special, or knowing how to appreciate someone or about body respect, you know, your book talking about keeping yourself pure. Yes. You know, those are yes. all topics that are hard to talk to children about because we look at children that they're so innocent and we just think that uh, we don't want to share and talk about those things with them. We just want to keep them innocent. But, in the, but the fact is they live in this world where everyone is not so innocent and they are exposed to – you know, certain evils of the world, unfortunately. But uh, the best thing that we can do, of course, is prepare our children. Do you feel like it is difficult to write about those sensitive topics? Because you're writing about them for children, and we don't always want to talk about body touches or inappropriate body touches, or we don't always want to talk about death and loss. So do you find it hard to find the right language to use to communicate with children? That's a great question, right? Well, that's my bent in life. You see, when I was at Harvard, I studied psychology. I've always been fascinated by psychology. And then when I was going to medical school, I was studying to be a psychiatrist. So I'm fascinated by the mind-body connection and, of course, the mind-body-soul connection. So that's what I love to write about. I love to write about difficult topics and explain them to children in a, in a joyful way, and especially um, about prevention of sexual abuse of children, such an important topic because, like you said, children are so innocent, and, and things like sexual abuse, they can, what they do is they put a ton of garbage on top of a person's soul so that it's so hard for the soul to shine when all this garbage gets dumped on it and a person can struggle their whole life to come out from under that pile of garbage that was put on them as a child. So I, 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 I'm writing these books to help prevent it, and I know 
these books have helped prevent many tragedies from happening to children because the more children are informed about terrible things like that could happen, like that could happen, but they're informed about this in a calm and clear way. They don't have to be informed about it in a scary kind of way. I'm writing it in a really calm way. So um, with a lot of psychology involved, you know. So it's just essential to, to try to help as many children as possible to be saved from the horrible experience of sexual abuse. So, yeah, I write about all kinds of difficult topics. Also, like you said, Let's Appreciate Everyone is about teaching children about disabilities many different kinds of disabilities and how best to interact with children so that they use a five-letter word when they need anybody who has a disability instead of staring, which is what most people do, little children especially, S-T-A-R-E, instead they S-M-I-L-E. Instead they smile and say hello, and that means the world, especially to any child with a disability, whether it's an obvious disability or a more hidden disability where the child is missing certain social skills and doesn't get to interact much with, with other little children. A simple smile or a greeting means so much to them. Wow. And you are the author of 38 of these wonderful children's books. Are there any new books coming in the works. Yeah, there are two books that are right now in the pipeline. One is about water safety, really important, and the other book is about honesty, two topics that I think are really important for children to learn more about. So that's what's coming up next. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Oh, I'm wonderful, and I'm excited for those to be published. All right, now my understanding, Bracca, you have a magnet on your fridge and the magnet says here is a test to find out if your mission in life is finished if you're alive it isn't can you share why this particular quote resonates with you I, I just love that you researched this and found out what was on my fridge. You are amazing. I am so blown away by this. I can't tell you. <laughs> so that's it. Here is a test to find out if your mission in life is finished. If you're alive, it isn't. Everybody that's alive, we're all here for a purpose, if not many, many, many infinite purposes. We're here to do great things in this world. And it could even by, be by smiling or saying hello to someone that needs it. Whatever our purpose is, we're, we're here to do wonderful things. That's why we were created. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't be here. So everyone, knows, everyone who's breathing right now and, and listening can know that they're here for a really valuable reason. You have a soul that is meant to be shining in this world. Wonderful, Bracca. You're such a wonderful individual, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and my guests. Unfortunately, our time is up. Oh, it just went by so, so fast. <laughs> I have one last question for you. Of course, it kind of is loosely related. Most times I ask a question to each of my guests. It's not related to the topic we're talking about, but this one in particular is kind of related because it's about books. <laughs> 
<laughs> so my question I want to ask you is, what is one book you read that changed your life once you read it? Okay, so this is really easy for me, and it's The Diary of Anne Frank, because as soon as I read that book, <clears throat> I started my own diary. And that diary is what became my memoir. I saved it, and after I started my diary, I started a journal. So basically, my memoir, Searching for God in the Garbage, is a compilation of my diary entries, not all of them, of course, and, and journals and letters that I kept through the years so that you see the transformation of a person developing an addiction and then recovering from the addiction through the diary entries, the journal, and you, you really experience it while it's happening because uh, as I'm putting it down, I'm going through the process. It's, it's an experiential journey. And um, so the diary of Anne Frank, right when I finished it, I started my own diary. I was, I was inspired to do that. So it made a tremendous impact on me. Wow, it's amazing. Well, Ms. Gett, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. Can you do me a favor? Can you please take the time to let everyone know how they can purchase your books? Thank you so much. I, basically, it's very easy. It's, all my books are on my Amazon author page. So if you just Google Bracha Gets, Amazon, you'll go right to my page and you'll see all the different books. If you want to learn about them, get to know them, <laughs> they're all there. So thank you so much for this great opportunity. Oh, my pleasure, of course. Do you have any last words of encouragement for the listeners as they continue to strive for more? If anybody has a problem with overeating, I suggest asking themselves this question. Right when they're in the middle of overeating, they can even ask this question. Is it my body that is hungry or my soul? Because when they ask that question with loving awareness, they will know the answer. And if you get, then you can become, get in the habit, develop the great habit of asking that question. It will start to come automatically. And then a person won't be drawn to their addiction as much. Is it my body that's hungry or my soul? They'll be freed to experience far greater pleasure than the temporary comfort, the addiction of choice brings. They will be able to choose many more things from the abundance of pleasure in this world and live lives of great fulfillment. Well, Bracca, I wish you nothing but abundance and blessings in your future. I really appreciate you being a guest on my show, and I just think that you are such a wonderful individual. Writing children's books is something that is near and dear to my heart because, as I said, that is a special pastime that I hold with my children. Bracca, Please take care. Thank you so much. Conquering and dealing with addictions, once they are recognized, is not an easy feat. And assisting someone else through this plight can be even can be even harder. If you think you may be struggling with an addiction, I encourage you to seek help. If you know someone who may have an addiction, support them by finding resources to help. We are all born with a purpose. It would be a shame if an addiction gets in the way of that purpose. Thank you for being a follower of my podcast. If you would like to receive a special 
motivational message directly from me, visit my website at www.striveformorepodcast.com. That's strive, the number four, morepodcast.com. Go to the contact page and click send a voice message to Renika. Once I receive your voice message, I will send you a personalized motivational message to get you through your day. Thank you so much for listening. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode.